first reading is taken from the first letter of Peter, chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. And this may be found on the screen behind me. 1 Peter 1, reading from verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is taken from John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 21, and can be found on page 1065 of the Church Bibles, or on the screen in front of you. Starting at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you did not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has 
who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not stand, does not believe, stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly that what he has done and what has been done through him, through God. This is the word of the Lord. Wow, what a passage of scripture to have to stand up and preach on. I don't know if many of you remember Edmund Chu, who used to preach here. He would be saying, wow, and he'd be full of excitement and he'd be walking back and forth. I'm sorry, you've got me, so I won't be doing that. But it is so exciting, isn't it? This is what the whole central message of the Bible to me is all about. God loves us. God loves me. Yes, unbelievably. And God loves each one of you. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Wow. I sometimes find it um, unimaginable that the creator God, the God who made this wonderful world, the wonderful flowers, the trees, the mountains, the rivers, and um, that he came into this world as a baby and died in place of my sins. And in effect, he paid the price for me through his death on the cross. Um, we've been remembering that at Good Friday at Easter. We've been singing about it tonight as well. He created me, but he also bought me back again by paying the price for my sins, which was death. And those verses we read about in 1 Peter 1, and it also talks, it says in verses 18 and 19, for all 
for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. God is my redeemer. God is my creator. It's like the two sides of one coin. Now, I love dogs. One of my earliest memories when I was a little girl, four years old, and I was about to go to school. We went to school early in, in Northern Ireland because we probably needed a wee bit more education. But we, 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 I remember coming into the kitchen and out from the back kitchen walked this little puppy that I didn't know was going to be there. I've got a terrible memory. Joss can take me places twice and say, we've been here before, and I don't remember having been there before. But I remember that day when that little puppy walked out of the kitchen. It stuck with me for years. And, and we, we had that dog um, for many years in our family home. Then when we got married, we, we got a dog, and then we got another dog, and, got, and we've on our fourth little doggy, little Jack Russell. And I love them. Um, I hate it. You know, when you see programs on the television, you sometimes go to Battersea Dogs Home or something, and the camera zooms around all these dog kennels where you see these lost dogs, these dogs who've been ill-treated, these dogs who have been lost and been thrown out of their homes, they're different sizes, they're different shapes, they're different personalities, they're different breeds, and each one of them is an individual. And I, I can't bear to watch that, because I just want to go in and buy all of those doggies and to bring them home. Don't worry, Joss, I won't, I won't be not thinking about it, but I know I can't, but it, you, your heart goes out and you want to go and do something about it. And that's a little bit, just a tiny, tiny little bit of what I think God thinks about us. He sees each one of us, our different shapes, our different sizes. Some of us have been hurt. Some of us are neglected. Some of us are unhappy and sad. And, and yet God looks and he loves each one of us. And he's come down to earth as a baby. And he's grown up. And he's paid, he's bought us back through Jesus' death on the cross. And that's why I think these verses are so exciting. God initiated that love for us. He loved us first. And in our broken states, whatever we're in, whatever we've done, he loves us. We don't need to be perfect. He loves us as we are. So... Let's get back to Nicodemus. Nicodemus obviously admired Jesus. We read about him in John chapter, chapter 3. He was impressed by what Jesus did, and he came and he asked Jesus a question. And when Jesus told him he needed to be born again, he was a bit perplexed about this. How could he possibly go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Now, I think... I can look at photographs. I look like my mum. And those of you who know Laurie, my daughter, she looks a little bit like me. And I think also I can reflect my mum and dad's personalities. You know, you can, 
just will sometimes say to me, oh, that was just like your mother. <laughs> sometimes in a good way, sometimes maybe not in such a good way. Um, so, and I appreciate that not every one of us have had the experience of having good parents. In fact, many parents um, have been neglectful and dismissive and not good and loving. But God is our heavenly father. He's our heavenly parent, and God is love. All love comes from God. So when Jesus said we need to be born again, he meant it spiritually. We need to be born from above, not physically, but we need to have God as our parent, as our heavenly father, to be like him, to reflect him, to love him, to be born into his family and to be his child. Now, I don't know everybody here tonight, so I just want to challenge. If you haven't asked Jesus that you can become part of God's family, that you haven't asked God to be your daddy, to let him have your heart and mind, to give your life over to him, to say you're sorry and repent of your sins, and to be willing to give up the way you live and to follow him. I just want to ask you tonight that you consider that. This could be the night when life really changes for you, that you can be born again into God's family and live for God. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, that for him to die was to gain, but he was willing to stay alive if that was what God wanted. So each one of us, we can choose, we can ask God that we can come into his family and choose to live for him, to serve him and do what he wants. I think I really liked the words of that song we sang earlier on. I didn't know it. There is no one else for me, none but Jesus, crucified to set me free. Now I live to bring him praise. But, you know, there's another challenge for those of us who've already been born from above, been born again, and have become part of God's family. And going back to our little doggy, our little Bonnie that we have at the minute, we brought her into our family, and you know, she is anything but perfect. I've been frustrated at the number of pens and pencils that I find being chewed up around the place. I've gone through about two um, packets of, of carpet cleaner as we've had to clean up behind her. Training her takes time and effort. We try to make her understand certain words, you know, to drop things, because you never know what, uh, she could eat something harmful as she walks along the street. We try to tell her to stop so she doesn't run out onto the road and get knocked down by a car. And like Bonnie, each one of us needs training we come into God's family, and God needs to teach us new attitudes, new ways of living, new habits, instead of just 
doing our own thing. Some of you have seen Bonnie running around doing her own thing, um, which is great fun. I'm sure God loves it when we run around, but if we're doing what he wants us to do, that's fantastic. And we have to be daily prepared just to die to the things that we want to do and have God at the center of our life, to allow him to train us, to influence, influence us, to lead us and change us to become the person he created us to be. And because he created us, he knows what's best for each one of us. He wants to grow good fruit in us. He wants to bless us so we can go out and bless others. So do we allow God to train us? And that's my challenge for those who have been born again. Do we allow each day to God to speak to us through spending time with him, listening to his word, reading our Bibles, learning from one another? I sometimes feel, you know, we tend to love God more when we want something, um, when we need his protection. Bonnie loves to play with little dogs, but sometimes a big big dog binds over and you can see her coming back to us for a little bit of protection um, and, and you know it just made me think do I just turn back to God when I need some protection when things are going wrong in my life something big and scary happens do we leave God out of our everyday living and only hear for, want to hear from him when we need him to do something More than anything, you know, when we come into the house, Bonnie comes and she just wants to jump up and lick your face and give you lots of kisses um, just because she loves us and she's glad to see us. And, you know, I think that's how God feels when we must please him, when we just willingly, lovingly come in to spend time with him and, and how we just want to be with him because we love him. God loves to bless us. He blesses us each day with sunshine or rain. He blesses us with our families, with our friends, with all of us here, with our church family. We often forget how he daily blesses us and all he wants is our love in return. We love him because he first loved us. Remember when we are born as little babies, we rely on our mother's milk, mothers and fathers to feed us. But as we grow physically, we, we start to eat our mashed bananas and our, our pureed vegetables and then slowly we get bigger and bigger and more mature and able to eat our Sunday lunch. Our Sunday lunch was lovely today. We were out for lunch. Um, so it is as we grow spiritually. You know, when, we, when we're born again, we often rely on other Christians. We rely on Mike to feed us um, and, and the preachers. We rely on our high group leader. But as we grow, you know, we have to start taking on responsibility. We have to start reading our Bible for ourselves. We have to start and grow and mature and, and start going on to solid food and to make the effort to grow spiritually and mature in, in our life with God so that then we can help 
all these new baby Christians who we pray will become born again too. This week we're hopefully all going to be going to the polling station and, and voting. And it's an important choice to make. It's a prayerful choice to make as to who we go to vote for. But it's not nearly as important as the choice to be born again into God's family. To ask God to be your daddy. Sure, whoever is elected and um, make up the new government will have will influence our life but not nearly so much as asking God to fill us afresh each day with his spirit to change us to lead us on in Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song we sang that earlier on And the last verse reminds us that we have no fear in death, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell No scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. This is the power of Christ in me. And I pray that for each one of us. That tonight, if you want to be born again, to be part of God's family, to have no fear of death, to know that you're going to live forevermore with him, There'll be a prayer ministry team over there in the corner at the back of the service. Please take that opportunity. Go and speak to them, pray with them. And for those of us already on that journey, remember it's, it's, a, it's a journey every day of our lives. It's a journey of growing and maturing in Jesus. Amen.